This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard words when no faith is empty. I stayed the course, so my haters tempt me. Beat the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk Time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Welcome to the Journal of My Life that covers all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. Folks, we got a great show for you today. We got a lot of things to talk about, including some new trailers that came out today. And in our talk topic of the week, we are going to talk the Birds of Prey, the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Is it a hit or miss? I took the bullet. We'll find out for sure on our talk topic today, but let's not waste any time. I don't have any intro notes to do or news to talk about, so let's find out what's new in the world of ACMG. And now it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. folks uh just want to give a heads up i am like i said before i am still recovering from a cold so if i sound a bit nasally or congested please forgive me uh i am still recovering but i do feel like that i was clear and concise enough to want to come on the show to talk about the things that i wanted to talk about plus i went to the movie to see uh, movies to see birds of prey so i didn't want to miss that out on talking about what i thought about that as well as all of the news that's going on this week for instance shout out to my uh repop people at, uh for keystone comic-con they just announced more actors uh for our favorite characters from overwatch that will be coming this year they're doubling down last year if you remember for a Shore, charlotte chung came down and i hosted the overwatch panel for that and i uh, had a great time with them this year they're doubling down and bringing in more 
of the cast from there. This time, uh, all female casting uh, is coming down this year. Uh, do note that I will not be hosting. I am. I'm after talking with those guys. I'm sure I'm not hosting a Overwatch panel again this year. But it was a lot of fun, and I got to interview and talk with Fred Tatasher, who was one of my like I want to say like I hate to say bucket list. But he was on my target list of people I wanted to interview. And Charlie Chung was a great uh, bonus for that as well. So uh, it was awesome to have uh, a lot of uh, fun with those guys. Um, But I'm pretty sure I'm not doing an Overwatch panel for them. But if they do an Overwatch panel this year with the guests that I'm about to mention, they need a female host and a moderator because it'll be awesome to have all these women these beautiful and powerful and talented women all in one swoop and having a female host for this um this year jen Cohn, who plays feral carolina ravasa if i'm hopefully i'm getting that one right plays uh sombra uh and jolly uh bimani who plays symmetry uh symmetra and lucy pole who plays mercy are all going to be here in philadelphia in august and that's going to be awesome that is very awesome these women are extremely talented uh and overwatch is still as powerful as ever and overwatch 2 is coming so you damn sure that we're still going to be celebrating that not only that but the fusion uh stadium is in and it works right now too so we got our fusion you know philly fusion folks there and i think basically because of the success of last year with it uh, and the panel that I hosted, and I hate to, I hate to boast about that, but I was told that it was the second biggest, you know, panel of attendees at a panel. So that I think they're doubling down on that, and that's awesome. So you know, we got a lot of Fusion fans here. We got a lot of Overwatch, you know, uh, fans here. Actually, funny thing too, a funny story. I was walking down the street, and I wear my Fusion hat. My, I wear my Fusion cap, my uh, my Snapback hat that i uh, actually wear i wear that hat now like terry bogart wears his hat <laughs> so i wore it and uh somebody recognized that i was waiting for the um waiting for the bus down here and she had a fusion um lapel pin which i also own as well so we got in the conversation so like there are fans out there there are like some big fans out there i haven't even wore my jersey i got um my jersey my custom made jersey with my name on the back in 46 which represents my, my the neighborhood where i live at and I have only wore the only time I wore that was the day of the panel. I need to rock that again. I really that 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 fusion uh, jersey is awesome. So one of these, I think during the springtime I'll probably rock it and wear it again or something like that. But I really loved it. It was great, and I feel like part of me wants to get it framed and hang it up. Another part of me is like just wear it. I think I will retire that jersey uh, sooner or later, but. It was it's it's it was an awesome thing to do um, to wear and represent both Philadelphia and Overwatch for that event. But I'm looking forward to it. I'm still I can't wait for the other announcements that they're going to make because I knew possibly what the other announcements is going to be. And I, based on a theme that they said that they were going to be celebrating this year, so I am tight lipped to talk about that uh, specifically. But you guys are in Philadelphia and Delaware and, and Jersey are going to be very happy what's about to happen this year i think they're trying to top what they did last year with tom holland and everything um and, and overwatch cast and a lot of other people but man you guys are in for a tree so if for more information go to keystonecomiccon.com uh 
to keep up to date and you know go on their mailing list to keep up to date on who's going to be coming in because they are working their ass off shout out to betty shout out to edwin shout out to um everybody there mk goodwin all of those guys they are they kill it they i i've seen some hardworking people but i've never seen anybody who works as hard as those guys and i understand man you guys you got to appreciate what these guys have done i know it's easy to be a fan and to be able to just want things just to want it and to say that you want these people you out you have no idea how hard it is to, of what they do and go back into my archives on talktimelive.com forward slash exclusive or go into talktimelive.com and click on the exclusive um, tab and go in there and listen to the interview I have with MK Goodwin uh, from Repop and they talk about a lot of the things that they got to go through and and also Brian Singh um, Brian um, I talked to Brian too from Repop as well you know um, he he also talked about all of the things uh, Brian Stephenson actually who talk about all of the things that they go through and you it's hard it is so hard to put all this together man you guys don't understand but I am looking forward to what Keystone is going to be doing for Philadelphia it's great that we got a new and refreshed comic book convention here now in Philadelphia um we had Wizard World. we still got Wizard World and I don't exactly know what they're doing nowadays people aren't really feeling what they were doing for the last i remember the last time i went i wasn't really impressed i don't know if they're kind of fading out or whatever i heard it it was it was talk or rumors that they were fading out. i don't know but um and i'm not trying to i'm not being biased because i really did love wizard world at one point and they just i don't know i don't know i don't want to you know talk ill will about them at all but um because i've i've been a big fan of wizard world for quite some time but i've been there i've been to keystone i've been to um what is it uh san diego and the difference in quality contrasts majorly between wizard world and you know keystone and wizard world and, and definitely san diego like honestly no but nothing in the world i haven't been to new york yet so i can't compare but man so far in the top of my hills like san diego right now it's like that is that place is amazing and i've been there twice and it was just both times equally like wow it's just outstanding i still have not gone to hall h yet and i don't even know if i'm even going to attempt to go there yet but here's to it so there's some movie trailers moving on to other news there's some movie trailers that came out this week and um one of which i definitely want to talk about right now again i've mentioned it on the show before i'm not really a horror movie fan and there's a there's certain occasions where i'm going to stick out to certain things i don't know if i'm still going to even try this one but um jordan pill movies they're more thrillers than there are like horror movies they're not even horror movies to be honest they're more like hitchcock like thrillers so i can take that's my that's my threshold of of you know fear you know to, to some extent uh I, it's not that i like turn away from horrific or gratuitous type of content but i just you know it's it just i don't i'm not looking forward to it it doesn't excite me and to some extent like i am kind of jaded by the fact that i play mortal Kombat for god's sake so like if you play that you should be able to handle everything but it's not my you know horror movies is just not my cup of tea <laughs> it just isn't but if it's written properly, if it's done right, if there's something really cool about it that's significant about it, I might jump on. 
and I've never seen this series of movies, but I may start with this one. Spiral from the Book of Saw, starring Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson. And exec- Chris Rock executive produced this, which is the new chapter of the Saw series. And I don't understand why, of all people, Chris Rock is interested in working and doing a Saw movie. And this is not a comedy. This is like doing, this is some serious shit. Like, he's really like into this genre I, I just i never understood i never knew this side of him of course i don't know chris rock like that for the shit <laughs> it's like um but nonetheless he's doing it and my god it, this is very interesting the trailer was awesome chris plays a detective uh banks who is in route of a string of murders that was that is targeting cops and it's not just like it's it, there's like a cerebral type of murders that are going on here you know in a saw in a fat in a saw fashion so they head into this tunnel where there are of course a lot of clues and torture traps that leaves chris in a dilemma uh as he's handcuffed into a pipe and with a saw in his hand deciding whether he uh what he want how he wants to free himself you know they also show like really quick clips of different you know uh situations and people that are trapped in uh, other cops that are trapped into some things and then of course we see samuel l jackson and um involved uh in with in a tunnel as well and of course you can't have samuel l jackson without some type of mother effer catchphrase in it which you are guaranteed to have and it's always a wor- uh, worth the price of admission alone so the key the thing is samuel l jackson when it comes to horror movies if you guys learn the history of samuel l jackson in horror movies you know the brother don't survive one of the most infamous moments in movie history involves him getting eaten by a shark in deep blue sea and him giving a i have a dream speech before he gets eaten by the shark i watched that uh the other day and i think i remember going to the movies to see that when he got uh eight when he when he got ate by the shark and none of us can it was even dave Chappelle mentioned it and when he uh portrayed samuel jackson doing the bear commercial it was hilarious but i i don't i i remember being in the theater when i saw him get eaten by that shark and watching deep blue sea i was I, it, it was supposed to be a moment where you i i'm pretty sure that it wasn't intended to be the a com a comedic moment but i was in a theater and i know people were out there and I, nobody was laughing but i was crying i was trying not to like disturb the crowd because it was a moment for them i was in tears crying and cracking up and i know i, I remember because i think i was with, um one of my old close friends and she was right next to me and i'm like I'm like, how does anybody not laugh at this? This was hilarious. He does this big I have a dream speech. And then all of a sudden, at the end of this speech, when it was all inspirational and motivational, he gets eaten by a shark and it's done. And I looked at that clip on YouTube today. It does not hold up graphically and, and with the special effects. It does not hold up at all. But the situation is still hilarious. Like, it now looks like a comedy skit from the Chappelle show or like even snl right now or something like that it just it looks like in comparison to that but whenever samuel jackson is in a horror movie there's a big i'll be surprised if he survives and in my in, in my in my belief in my prediction he may actually survive just because he's 
done it so many times, like a f- quite a few times, and he didn't end up lasting too long in that situation. So it'll be interesting to see. But I'm almost, almost, almost intrigued to want to see this movie. Just, to, just, just by the fact that Chris Rock is so deeply involved with it, he's like a comedic genius, and he wants to get himself into more serious roles like this. So that's my take on it. And then you add Samuel L. Jackson with it, you know, that's, that's a powerhouse uh, combination right there. So that'll be very interesting to see. I'm looking, actually, I'm looking forward to checking this out. So I don't know what you guys think, but I'm, I might be in on this. Uh, so let's talk about some other. Tra- teaser trailer news for instance um super bowl sunday was last week i never watched it unfortunately or fortunately but a lot of great commercials came out of that one of which was that we were granted with a teaser of some of the most and much anticipated marvel miniseries and i'm gonna call it miniseries right now because that's exactly what this is and i'll explain about that in a second but they and uh they promoted the uh some teaser clips of some miniseries from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, such as the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, WandaVision, and Loki. So the clips open up and it shows Captain America's shield, which was taken by the bare arms and hands of Sam Wilson. Now, why this first clip was so important is because a lot of people, this was so strategically done. A lot of people had some issues with Sam Wilson as Captain America in the comic books. Um, this was so done strategically to show that they that Disney and Marvel are not backing down from that decision. Uh, a few years back, I don't know if you, a lot of you are listening that are comic book uh, fans right now. A few years back, there uh, they did an angle in the comics where Steve. I think he didn't. I don't think Steve died. He got he turned. He, he did the same thing he did on Endgame in a sense, but in a different way. He uh, something happened to him where he turned. He became old, and uh, I think it was hydrated that had that, of how it happened. I for, I really forgot which saga that was um, that happened. But Steve ended up you know be turning to the age that he should have been, and he couldn't do it anymore. So he passed the torch or the shield to Sam Wilson, much like he did in Endgame. So the reference from that is directly from the actual comic book. That was that was a reference from the comic book. And when that happened in the comics, there was a minority of folks and not minority in the terms of people of color. I'm talking in the terms of a small group of people of which in a sense, you that sucks. (laughs) <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm saying it out loud, already done it. The fact that we're associating both, whatever. But there was a minority of folks out there, and and quantity, as uh, what I'm talking about, um, that were pissed off about the idea. Some actually on social media, a lot of people I've I've actually seen it with my own eyes, wrote and commented on it with the words, "This isn't my cap," and. Those are really strong words to say in a sense that you're trying to say that you that you prefer Steve Rogers. Not exactly just as much as the character, but what he is and what he represents. He is the white Captain America. And that's exactly what that meant. It, without, it was saying it without saying it. And I'm a fan of Steve Rogers myself. 
Don't get me twisted. I am a fan of Steve Rogers much as I am a fan of Peter Parker. I'm a huge fan of Peter Parker. Peter Parker, although be it he is white, he represents every, the, he is the everyman in the comic books. And that was the way he was meant to be written. He was, him and Steve Rogers have a lot in common in the sense that they were written, even though they were white, they were accepting all. They acted like they didn't realize what color was. And that's the way they were written. That was the narrative of how they were written on the comics. So even though Steve was patriotic, he wasn't patriotic to one denomination or one social stratification or one race or one creed or one color. He was patriotic to everybody who was in the United States. And then in some sense around the world. He was never meant to be for one faction, and let alone not as just as not his own. There are comic books where he was so against uh, segregation and racism and such. So, the fact that you got anybody who said this isn't my cap, and in reference to the fact that they were racist, that they were racist towards the fact that it, another cap was being in a helm. Captain, the, the, the title of Captain America is not a person. It is a belief. And that's what it, it is a motto. It is a symbol. And anybody can take that on. That's what was the point of that whole entire situation. And I love when I watch Endgame was the greatest climatic movie of all time in my opinion from a standpoint that they covered so many grounds in there and when they did the scene with sam getting the shield from steve it was extra icing on a cake because you they could have not done that they could have not they could have given it to bucky and i think a lot of people thought that bucky was getting that shield because in the comics the winter soldier did become Captain America. No, they stuck to their guns and they gave it to Sam Wilson to say, screw all of you guys who hated on that idea. And we're not backing down because he is America, just like everybody else. And when they did that scene on that commercial, that was a statement. That was a great statement to say that we're not backing down. We accept Sam Wilson and this is happening. So I love that they did that. It was and I and it was funny because I screen printed that. I posted that on the ACMG Facebook group. And I was like, do you remember a few years back when people hated on the idea in the comics that this guy was getting the shield? Petra's farm remembers. <laughs> How you like me now? So I like that. So that was the, I mean, it was funny. It was just like a 30 second, 40 second clip, but that clip, that little scene spoke volumes right there. So that is ha that's happening right there. So they showed that clip. We also see Sam practicing throwing the shield as well. And it looks like he's getting the hang of it. So that's awesome. Um, we also see scenes of people gliding in the sky, shooting at Falcon. Uh, we also get a clip of Bucky, the Winter Soldier, pointing a gun at someone. We also see the return of Baron Zemo. And I love it because I knew way back then that he was eventually going to come back in some form or fashion after the events of uh, Civil War. So we're getting to see that. And I believe there is possibility, if I'm correct, that he's going to be wearing the mask. So I'm looking forward to that as well. 
So I can't wait to see that. Uh, and I love it because we finally get a a villain who didn't die, who is coming back. Uh, now, granted, Red Skull technically did come back. So, and I knew that after a while, after a few years of watching the first Avenger, it was like, oh wait, he didn't really die. He just phased away. So chances are he is still alive. And you know, that was proven in uh, Infinity War. So that was awesome. Uh, but we also, you know, we don't get too many villains that stay alive. A lot of the villains die. So it was great to see Zemo come back for another one, uh, at least. Um, I, yeah, Ulysses Claw is somebody that I wish they didn't kill off. I, re I really like the Ulysses Claw character. That was another one. But at least we get Bear Zemo coming back. And, um, you know, we get to see what he's going to be involved in. I also wanted to point out that there was someone in a Captain America uniform uh, that was running in a football field, high-fiving someone. And I looked closer, I took a pause to it, and it is, in fact, U.S. agent, uh, who is in the series as well. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with that character because I, in the, in the comic books in the 90s, I could not stand that character. I hated him i hated that he was just like an arrogant prick which honestly in a sense that was a good thing because i think that was the that was the idea that marvel wanted us to have upon this character that like he wasn't captain america he was everything opposite of um, captain america so i am looking forward to seeing how they're going to play this off and what they're going to do with that character in there and it looks like he had a shield too so i don't know we'll see what's going to happen as far as that um then Within this little short clip, they also, sh um, beautifully done, by the way, they also showed um, Wanda in many different clips and costumes, one of which was the original Scarlet Witch costume from the comics. And I know there's a lot of comic fanboys and uh, fangirls out there that was just like biting their uh, fingers seeing that scene with her with the um, headdress and the cape and everything it was really cutely done um this is going to be like one of those psychedelic um you know thought-provoking type of shows um that's going to star her and uh and vision on air as well and we're going to see how vision comes back so that'll be interesting as well we also get a quick clip of Loki, who says we're gonna burn the place to the ground that's all you need to see that's all this said disney plus has also announced release dates for some of the their upcoming shows including the mandalorian which is going to be seeing the second season so let's run that down real quick the uh falcon and the winter soldier is coming this august perfect timing keystone comic-con we're going to get all that it's going to be awesome uh august to uh 2020 uh with six episodes uh six episodes uh, that is um we got wandavision that's coming in december that's our christmas gift with also six episodes we got low-key coming in 2021 with six episodes meanwhile the mandalorian season two will uh was also announced to premiere in october with eight episodes okay last thing i do before i go into the next uh top to the, our last topic is talk about these episodes the quantity of episodes that they're doing i saw and I saw comments on social media about people bitching and moaning and, you know, just going up to shit about why they felt uh, or complaining about the fact that it was why well, only six episodes. At some point, I understand. But at some point, I also understand the reason why Marvel decided to do six episodes 
for this. Um, here's the situation. You damn if you do, you damn if you don't, for one thing. You got the main... This is not like Netflix. Netflix had, like, the street-level, you know, characters uh, of Daredevil and... and um, Jessica Jones and Luke Cage. You could do that for those Iron Fist, <coughs> the Punisher, excuse me. Um, you could do that with those guys because they didn't premiere in the movies. These are street level, you know, guys that they created specifically for Netflix. And they may have looked at the Netflix lineup and say like, all right, we want to go about this different. We don't want to overdo it because more is less. Or I'm sorry. Less is more, for that matter. Let me rephrase that. Less is more. Now, I think they went with the less is more approach here. And because if you give more, people care less. And I think that's the idea that they did. They they didn't want to overwhelm you with these characters. They didn't want to oversaturate you with these characters and not let you, you know, be more anticipated to see them in the movies. The fact that we're getting them, the A-lister, you know, people on these shows, on these TV shows, it's a great thing. So I don't, I think this generation doesn't understand the term miniseries. And that's exactly what these are. And if that's the case, I don't mind it. The fact that we're getting this is still awesome. We can go back and watch these over again and enjoy them. Much like we do everything else. I think that this was a great idea. It was a great way to give us, to have us salivating for more. And it's, I don't think it's a, I don't mind that they did six episodes. It's a six episode miniseries, each one of these things. And they're leading into things that's going to happen in the next uh, phase of the Marvel movies. So the fact that we're getting this is awesome. Now, again, like they did Agent Carter. They did Agent of Seal. They looked at these and it's like, we don't want it. We don't want to dilute the effect that they have on us with these, with our A-list characters. That's a fact. You know, we, we don't want to do that. We don't want to overwhelm. We don't want to oversaturate. So I this just think about it that way. It, it's a way I think, like I said, less is more. If they give us less, we're going to want more. And when we get more, it's going to be in the next phase of the Marvel movies. So that's the idea. If you give us more, we're going to care less about it. And this happens so many times. So think about all of the shows, the movies or whatever. <clears throat> Excuse me. Like I said, recovering. Think of all the shows and the movies and everything that we've had over the years in the 11 years of Marvel, especially that we were like, all right, it's too many episodes. It's, we, I mean, cause we complain about everything and I, I, I don't necessarily complain about anything cause I always look at everybody and see, and just learn from everybody's stupidity and mistakes. But also I add myself to all of it as well. Cause I am a part of the people. So we do bitch and complain and moan about everything. This is no different. But in this case, understand why they're doing what they're doing. Less is more. Trust me. And you're going to want more from them by the time this D-series come and it's over. You're going to want to see a movie. You're going to want to see them again. And you're going to pay to see them again. So don't threat. It's going to be all good. You're going to love it anyway. You're going to watch it anyway. And that's what's all going to matter. So bitch and complain if you want. Or... You can come out and do it yourself. You could do the production yourself. You could put it all together yourself. And this is the thing. The people who bitch, moan, and complain all the time are always the ones who wouldn't even step foot or don't have the creativity to do it themselves. If they did, it would have been done by now. Just like Joey Answer did with Street Fighter. 
the Assassin's Fist. He could not stand what was going on with Legend of Chun-Li and the original Street Fighter with Jean-Claude Van Damme. He said, the hell with this shit. I'm going to do it myself. And he did. He put in his own money to do it himself. And look what happened. That's all I'm saying, people. So last thing I want to talk about before we go into our talk topic today is one of my favorite things to talk about. Fast and the Furious. The trailer to Fast 9 came in and they flipping the script. No Rock, no Jason Statham. I don't, there's still no clues of whether those guys will ever see the light of day of a, of a uh, Fast Universe movie. I don't know what they're doing with that, but uh, here, here nor there right now. So we got, instead of The Rock, we got John Cena, who I, look, I am not, as far as wrestling is concerned, I'm not the biggest John Cena fan by any stretch, but I do respect his hard work and hustle. And I know that's one of his catchphrases, but it it, it really is legit. He does hustle. <coughs> Excuse me. He does hustle and he does his own. He does get it out there. He he works hard. That of all else, you can never you can never knock him for not working hard. He, he's he to his credit, he had some great matches, and he has a lot of freaking charisma. And that charisma does resonate onto the big screen. Uh, I loved him in Trainwrecked. He he does some really great things. I liked him in that pistachio commercial but for some reason they switched his voice out still don't understand why or what happened with that but that is here nor there he is on um this movie bigger than ever he's swollen like crazy um and he enters the fast world and seeks revenge on his brother who happened to be dom so i want to see the family tree on that one because i i'm pretty sure vin diesel is of a certain different ethnicity and then john cena is like straight american white bread <laughs> so i want to see there i want to see how that connection has come by right there uh but nonetheless maybe he's a half brother or something like that or whatever who knows but you know john cena's character they didn't really say who his character was but his character they just said that he's the brother of dom and he had this fixation and obsession to be better than dom almost like vegeta wanted to be for goku that's this that type of thing so that is the pretty much the storyline from there going on there and then we also have uh the return of cypher who in the last film was like one of my favorite characters at the time like wow she really brings in a different presence i hate her to high hell especially for what she did to uh dom and killed his uh his baby's mom for god's sake and um just cut through just cut through so uh she and she has a new hairstyle this time around too so i liked i like the braids that she had i wish she would have kept the braids but i like the short haircut as well uh she she does look uh sharp as hell so cypher's back and i knew she was going to come back they and i like the fact that they didn't kill her off like i said i they, you don't have to kill off a villain every single damn time so we'll see how long she lasts this time around but she's back and now she's teaming up with cena um and all hell is about to break loose with those two teaming up together. The biggest surprise of this trailer was the return of Han, who is in fact, out of all things, my favorite character of all of the Fast and Furious characters. Like, he's the reason why I became a fan of this film. When I saw Tokyo Drift, I was like, this is the coolest dude I ever saw on in in any movie probably not since richard gear and like um 
pretty woman that like han is just was like the most sw smoothest swag swaggiest dude i have ever seen i mean just nothing phased him he n even when he was phased nothing phased him somehow some way he is back so we're gonna find out somehow some way how the hell he survived that explosion that was done by you know uh jason statham's character deckard shaw and now we're gonna find that it just that's just it, it, now granted we didn't see a body at all back then and it's gonna be interesting it's gonna be interesting to see the explanation of how that happened and they gotta explain it if they don't explain it i'm calling for cry foul but they have to because it makes no sense there but i am all excited for this film to come out fast nine uh tyrese is back and no more tears so oh god i i, I gotta wonder like all that stuff that tyrese went through back then because the rock and statham were doing their own movie which you know postponed this movie and he did have some other projects prior to but he was going through some mess so hopefully all is well he's recovered i love tyrese he's a great character he's a great actor he's a great performer hopefully he's back on track and this whole thing is back on track by the way if you haven't seen the animated fast and furious series on netflix go ahead and check it out charlie chung is on air as well and uh i, I enjoyed it i, I it was really cute it's a cute little uh you know mini series that they did uh from the people who brought you that and and actually um dom is in there too i think michelle rodriguez might be in there as well so uh go out of your way to check that out as well but if you're a fast and furious fan um this is just nothing but the most enjoyable fun popcorn movie you don't take this seriously i still don't understand how the hell this thing stayed alive this long it's been over a decade if fast and the furious not when this thing first came out people thought this was going to be like all right a one and done if they do another one it's going to be straight to dvd nope this thing lasted to the digital era <laughs> it's amazing and this and they just get more outlandish and over the top every single time and we just keep coming for more so it's it's awesome it is absolutely awesome to have this back i'm looking forward to it folks that will do it for what's new in the world of acmg we're going to take a break come back and we're going to talk about and review the birds of prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one harley quinn do you know how long it took me to get that right i want to tell you we'll come back and talk about that movie right after this Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. TalkTomLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTomLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! Hey, this is Jeff Thorne. I am the writer, producer, showrunner of the Avengers Black Panther's Quest TV series, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Do it. And now it's time for our talk topic of the week. Ready? Wait. All right, 
folks, we are back with our talk topic of the week, and it is my review of Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. So, the one thing I gotta say, I don't necessarily like Suicide Squad in a sense, but there is a watchable element to it. And I was trying to figure out why I do watch this movie when I do. And I think the biggest reason is Margot Robbie is Harley Quinn. She is absolutely the one reason why to watch this movie. She was probably the best reason to watch the movie. Like Will Smith was okay. He was good as Deadshot. Um, he didn't overwhelm the the movie and the story. Um, Margot was just so polarizing as Harley Quinn because she really captured what Tara Strong has captured when she first did the voice for the uh, animated series of Batman. So I thought she did a phenomenal job. A lot of people, there was no debate that Margot Robbie was pretty much the reason why this movie was any, any remotely good or watchable at all. And which is why she has her now own standalone movie, which technically really isn't a standalone movie. Once you go into the movie and really watch what's going on and how things develop. So this actually is more or less a side story and a and a origin story as well. So the movie directed by Kathy Yon and written by Christina Hudson, an all-female, strong casted group. And I thought this movie really did a great job. I really enjoyed this movie. I came in skeptical, but not ill will. My natural reaction to the movie when I came in and watched it was generally enjoyable. I came in, I smiled from start to finish. I liked the animated start of the movie when it came in. I thought it was awesome. And from there, it was just a great fun ride. It was a really great fun ride. Is not? Is it the best comic book movie I've ever seen? No, but as far as DC ter- is concerned, this is one of the good ones. I rate this up. This is the list. Now they have, I think, I would add Man of Steel to, to my list. I would add Aquaman. I would add Wonder Woman. Um, and I would also add this one as well. I thought this was really well done. Um, I like this, the really easy to follow story of it. Basically, it's just, you know, she Harley Quinn splits up with the Joker. And because of that, this gives everybody in the in Gotham full reign to try to kill this woman who has antagonized and tortured these people for God knows how long. And I love the fact that they always on a, in this uh, movie, they every time she meets somebody they go back to find out why they hate her so much in here and that was well done i thought it was so cool but the biggest person of all that tries to come after her is none other than black mask and it was one of the characters that i it was i thought that when i found out that he was the main antagonist of this movie i was like i'm in because one i i remember watching him from the animated uh, uh movies and then also the game Blackgate um that came out the side kind of the side story that um game of Arkham of the Arkham series that came out back then and he was the I was intrigued by his character and I was fully and I'm like oh god black man this is finally this is a different character that's not the penguin it's not the it's not um who else uh the joker it's not you know the riddler this is somebody totally different in the batman universe that they finally get in this is like one of the lower level 
characters too. So I thought this was a great fit um, for this particular movie. So I like that. So he is going after them as well. So the cast in here, I love so much because these are these are not only just great cast; these are some hard hitting cast members. Um, I think there's one character I wasn't too intrigued by or wasn't really favoring too much. Um, and I'll talk about that in a minute, but let's run down real quick. Um, Margot Robbie, of course, I'm not even going to say, there's nothing to be said. This movie was totally hers. She owned it. She did. She really embraced that character once more. Uh, it's just absolutely fantastic what she did with this in this role. And you got a chance to know a lot more about uh, Harleen Quinzel this time around. Uh, and she got to show her psychological background as well at her as a psychiatrist and i like the fact that they embraced her like she's not just batshit crazy but she is really intelligent she just been manipulated by somebody who's just more maniacal <laughs> and manipulative in this case and that was the joker so but with throughout the movie you got to see her intelligence side so it wasn't just like she was just crazy she was cerebral more or less in here and i like that i really enjoyed that they brought that aspect out of her because she really is a, a psych uh, a psychiatrist and she still uses that in terms of some things that she does from time to time so i really appreciated that rosie perez i can't tell you how much i am a rosie perez fan i've been a rosie perez fan since she was the choreographer for the fly girls since she was a choreographer for almost everybody if you don't know who the hell rosie perez is go on and google her and wikipedia her and look at all the people that she's worked with and how much of an established talent she's iconic she is iconic okay i i will fight to the moon about that giving her that moniker she is iconic um before j-lo really got into the scene rosie perez was killing it back then and she comes back i haven't seen her in ages on a movie she comes back and she goes into the superhero um in a comic book universe now like she like just never like she never left love her and not only that she's playing of all people renee montoya and i didn't realize this i knew she was in here i didn't realize what role she was playing i was in the theater and i got so excited because renee montoya is the character from batman the animated series that's when that character first premiered so much like harley quinn these are two characters that were specifically created for the actual animated series and was so popular that they 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 winded up bringing them both into the canon comic book universe and now even more that character is on is in in, in the dc universe and who better to play this character than, than rosie perez i thought she did tremendously well here another person that i really really enjoyed was mary elizabeth Wines, um, winstead who played Huntress, but also, or AKA Helena um, Bentinelli. But also, the reason why I love this character is because she played Ramona on Scott Pilgrim versus the world. I had such a huge secret crush for this character in that movie. And I've been a fan of her ever since. She was, I loved her in, uh, as the Huntress. And I love the little um, running gag comedy that they had with her trying to have a, a uh, heroic presence or a vengeful presence as she was practicing how to, uh, how to introduce herself in there. And it was, uh, it was so well done. She, I loved uh, her role in here. Um, Junette, Junette Smollett Bell. I, I have, forgive me, I haven't researched this, but I, 
I'm pretty sure. I have a hunch that she is in. She possibly is related to Jesse Smollett uh, in some way. Maybe she's a sister or whatever like that. Um, but she played Dinah Lance, aka Black uh, Canary. Now, funny thing, I thought that I didn't. I don't know what they did as far as um, as far as naming her because she is Dinah Drake, and I see that she has aliases, also known as. Uh, Dinah Lance as well. I know on the Arrowverse, she is named Dinah. Uh, she is also named uh, Di- There's a Laura Lance and there's a Dinah uh, Drake in the movie. So it looks like felt like they combined the two on there. So I, I am really weird. I'm really weirded out by um, that that connection there. So only a, a DC person can get me on it. And in fact, okay. She is related to Jesse Smollett. She's yeah. I thought she was the sister of Jesse Smollett. So that's uh, that was really interesting that they got her in there as well. So um, I just think that that they the casting in here is just so well done in here. And um, man, I I love what they did. And also, not only that, they got um, Ewan McGregor as Black Mask. And that I think the Black Mask. Not only Rosie Perez interests me about this movie and why I wanted to see this movie, but the fact that Ewan McGregor is playing Ronan uh, uh, Sionis, aka Black Mask. When I found out that Black Mask was going to be in this movie, I was I'm all in because this is the first time that a Batman character that wasn't the Joker, the Riddler, um, Two Face, or whatever. It's just like we finally get a different Batman character. Now, granted, he didn't go off against Batman, but this is kind of Batman's lower level role gallery characters in here and i thought he fit perfectly for this you know for this role in universe so he was the main antagonist for this uh movie this also follows the story of a young girl who is a thief a pickpocketer and she pickpocket the wrong person uh which who just happened to be victor um uh what is it uh i was about to say his name victor zass played by chris uh messina who by the way <clears throat> Now, the Zaz character, he did okay as Victor Zaz. I don't think he was the best Victor Zaz I've ever seen. The best Victor Zaz I've ever seen so far in live action was the guy, and I forgot his name, he played um, that role in uh, Gotham with the TV show. So I thought that his his role was okay. I didn't think he was that sinister or, or psycho as the one in the in the gotham series but he did okay but the girl uh the uh, the little girl um who i do they have her on here they don't i don't think they have her name on here at least right uh no here it is right here ellie uh, j basco she played the young girl who was uh a pickpocketer and she pickpocketed victor sass with this uh and pickpocketed this diamond that had this you know code in here which um was the it was like the program code for to in everybody to get the riches of the uh Bertinelli family I believe and she ended up swallowing it and every, now everybody's oh has a bounty on her and Harley Quinn for that matter so it, it just turns into this whole type of thing but it was an easy to follow storyline and I really liked it I really really enjoyed it but um a cast alone I thought this movie was so enjoyable. I loved it. There were some great scenes in there. Like I said, I love the animated start of it. I love certain scenes. The one, one of my favorite scenes 
I think that I liked in here was uh, <laughs> the scene where um, she goes to get a bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich, and they make it seem so enticing. This sandwich, like she falls in love with her sandwich so much, and she never gets to get this sandwich. They never get it. And by the way, hopefully that whoever's listening to this episode has rather uh, seen the seen the movie and is reviewing it because I am telling a lot of things about this movie right now. So spoiler alert, people. But <coughs> excuse me. They uh, absolutely have a scene where she uh, goes to this uh, store, gets this bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich. And the bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich absolutely does, it looks so great. And they, they really make it seem like, like, I almost wanted to go and find a place to make me one by the end of this movie. And then she never gets it. At least not, until, not at that moment. So I like the way that they just, everything came full circle. And also what I really appreciated about this movie is the fact that as you go through the movie, you see that Montoya and uh, Bertinelli and uh, Dinah start to click together with Harley Quinn. But by the end of it, you realize that this is not a story mostly about Harley Quinn. This is an origin story, hence Birds of Prey. And I love at the end of this that everybody is in full gear, especially Huntress, because the whole through the movie, I was like, why isn't the Huntress in gear i want to see her in gear i want to see the mask they give it to us at the end so you do see her with the mask i like the costumes they're really subtle but really cool and uh it works out so i love that this was an origin story today and it does kind of leave it open to do for them to do another birds of prey movie even without harley quinn so it's like it was like the character of harley quinn passed was kind of given a rub to these three characters and allowing them to go on their own and do their own thing so I like what happened here. Overall, I thought the movie was really good. Um, I'm not even going to compare it to other movies, especially not to any Marvel movies, because it's not, I wouldn't say it's better than any Marvel movie, but on its own, it is a really, really good movie. It's an enjoyable movie. It's a fun movie. It's a movie that you shouldn't put too much emphasis in a sense of trying to make it an Oscar-worthy movie or trying to compare it to anything else. But as far as DC movies, this is one of the better DC movies and it is much enjoyable from there um I believe I went on to uh Rotten Tomatoes in there and on there there was it's it's certified fresh uh 82 percent of the critics liked the movie I agree with them on this um the even audience also had an 80 percentile uh likable uh, likability for it so it is a success it is a I I they did a great job I thought it was great and i hope you guys enjoyed it if you have seen it if you haven't seen it but wanted to know if it was good or not i give it a approval if anything i would give it a i would give it a b plus i would give it a b plus as a grade for this movie uh like i said i enjoyed it a lot um there really 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 was nothing in there that was like happy i think if anything if i give any negative it was probably the victor Saz character because i seen victor sass in the comics and i've seen victor sass in the gotham uh i really need to see what his name is um the name of that guy was the actor because i'm not giving him any justice because i thought he he did awesome in that movie he i'm in in that show and um i remember when when that show first came on it got a lot of praise and heat for that but um man he i thought um 
he did a better job. So I, he kind of was to me the the kind of the template for how you should play Victor's ass. But yeah, Anthony. Um, <coughs> excuse me, forgive me. Uh, Anthony uh, Corrigan. Anthony Corrigan, um, who played Victor Saz in here. Um, and I thought he did a tremendous job as that character. And lo and behold, lo and behold, uh, this Victor Saz in, in this movie wasn't, it was okay. It wasn't the best. But here nor there. The entire movie overall is great. Go out and, and check it out. You know, if you're a comic book fan, if you're a fan of Harley Quinn, if you want to see an actual good DC movie, this is it and it, it pays off there are a lot there's some really good uh easter eggs in there as well so folks that will do it for um this edition of acmg presents talk time live thank you for dealing with me in this cold right now whatever me recovering forgive me all the coughs and everything um this week there is no select start episode this week uh this is my wife's birthday week this week so we're going to be uh spending time together for this week but there will be a new episode of talk time live as i will be reviewing sonic the hedgehog we finally get to see what this movie's all about we and now that every time i see that this actual uh this tra- the, the commercials for it and look at the sonic um character he looks so much better than he did before. I am looking forward to this show. I think it's going to be good. Jim Carrey is going to be, I think he's a great pick for uh, for uh, Dr. Eggman. So I'm looking forward to it. And hopefully this will be good. Hopefully it'll be just as fun and entertaining as this movie was this week. So stay tuned for that. And I got some new guests coming soon. Some returning guests coming to the Talk Time Live exclusive. So stay tuned for that. Once I get them locked in, you will know firsthand. You can keep, you'll know firsthand by next week. Or you'll also see something on TalkTimeLive.com or the ACMG Facebook group as to who will be coming back on the show to talk about some new things that are going on in their world. So stay tuned for that and much more. Folks, thanks again. Check us out on talktimelive.com check out our interviews on talktimelive.com forward slash exclusive uh, check us out on itunes i was about to say instagram itunes uh google podcast apple podcast iHeartRadio, spotify pocket cast now Podbean, where is in many outlets as you could possibly be i want to hear that you can't talk and hear this movie um or hear this podcast forgive me i'm so out of it <laughs> that there's all options to check out talk time live so we got a lot of things coming we're gonna uh keep enjoying it soon shout out to all my peloton people out there i actually made uh achieved my 100 ride and my title belt is here you can guy you guys will see it soon on Facebook. The Peloton crew is seeing it out there. Got a lot of people who are loving it. And um, man, I'm loving life right now. How can I not? It's hard, but it's enjoyable along the way. So, folks, that will do it for me. On behalf of myself, this is Dax Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here. Folks, see you next week and have a great week.
music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.